0: This is Fintech Unplugged with Suresh Bhajani and me, Robert Coulnage. So we're back again for another great uh, episode of Fintech Unplugged. Uh, we started the very first episode on crypto and I thought it was probably a, a good time to come back to crypto today because of the, the guests we've got coming on in a bit.
1: I thought it was uh, it's a it's topical time in Bitcoin and uh, Well, crypto. I was actually, I read the news this morning and I was particularly concerned about you. Because I don't know how much you've invested in crypto, but not only has it fallen through the five thousand mark. I mean, what, what's the latest right now? Right, it's the four second, and a
0: half now. It's four
1: like and a half. Four four seven three
0: as we speak. And what was the peak? Seventeen. Oh, nearly twenty. Yeah. Right. So it's been going really uh, crazy. But the thing that's come up that's caused this is this this latest sort of I don't know what you would call it, but this feud between the the sort of the crypto purists, the the Satoshi Nakamoto group, and the guys that really want to bring Bitcoin into the 21st century. So we, we've we had this hard fork that came on the 15th of November this year. So in normal language, would you consider that like a share split? Is it a split? Well, it's a, it's a sort of a share split, but this time the share split is acrimonious. So we have got two new versions of, of Bitcoin Cash, that are fighting it out to see who's going to survive. One will survive, and one will will die on the vine. So, what's the difference between? So, the So, two? you've got Bitcoin Cash ABC, um, which is a is a beautiful name, but actually it stands for Adjustable Block Size Cap. That's a, a bit of a mouthful, I know. Um, but it, Dave it, Birch would love that acronym. He, he would love. He loves acronyms, Mister Birch. But these are the the guys that that want to. It's the conservative wing of the blockchain group that don't want to have radical changes. It's led by a guy called Roger Ver, and they, they're supported by the major mining groups and, and the major exchanges like Binance. So these guys have got good support. On the other side, you've got guys that are following uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, and they've got the, the Bitcoin SV, so, which is the Satoshi's version, or Vision. And they're le- led by a guy called Craig Wright. Who actually declared himself to be Satoshi Nakamoto recently? But who knows? No, no one will ever really know. I don't
1: think. So it sounds like it's the purists versus the revolutionaries. Yeah, and 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 what's
0: going on there is is that they are diverting Bitcoin mining from the main Bitcoin into these two new forks to try and see who's going to get the the most traction, whether it's ABC or SV. Now. In the sort of turmoil behind that, Bitcoin itself is being mindless, so there is seems to be less demand for it on the exchanges, and it's starting to dip. At the same time, Bitcoin Cash has got to dip because Bitcoin Cash has been split into two new uh, Bitcoin Cash versions, the SV and the ABC.
1: So you can't create value out of nothing. So if I was a Bitcoin holder right now, I'm not really going to benefit. With these new changes, I'm literally going to potentially. We,
0: I think there are there is a push that I think the ABC movement see this as a as the future of, of Bitcoin and where where it should be going, and I think they see as the original Bitcoin as perhaps sort of old school. I still would be surprised if Bitcoin doesn't bounce back at some point soon, and I think it'll start to change over the ne- next few days. But it's dropping to below four and a half. As a result of this, I think the Bitcoin enthusiasts are going to be
1: coming back at it and trying to get it pushed back up soon. So you do realise, as a result of you saying that, we've got to add this bit in now that says, we do not advise on investments. And investments can go up as well as go down. And it needs to be like an advert for those um, American medicine. I, th- I, think,
0: I think you could do that. But to be honest, as, as investing in uh, cryptocurrency is not a regulated activity, we're probably not investment advisors in any shape or form in doing this.
1: And And it's interesting we're talking about this today because we've actually got potentially the first new crypto bank, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we've got Bicken coming on from HeadPay.
0: And I I think this is going to be a really interesting uh, debate we're going to have with him. So, Bicken, hello. Do do you want to introduce yourself and say a little bit about who you are? I mean, your name would help. Because we're not allowed to give it away, GDPR. Yet again. We're not allowed oh, really? To. Really? Under wow. European laws. So let's stay without names. So <laughs>
2: <it's>, <laughs> no, my name is Vikent Kaprelian, the CEO of HeadPay. We're trying to create the uh, future banking between this uh, crypto and the traditional bank.
1: So are you a bank? No. Okay. Are not you a yet. crypto? Are you a crypto exchange? Well,
2: crypto, everything, because crypto, basically, to these days, they are not licensed. So, whoever is going to license the crypto is going to pioneer that. And until now, nobody is doing it. They are afraid.
1: So, if I was, I was a company, what would I talk to you about? What type of services would I get from you?
2: You would get the service of a bank within a crypto. The traditional banking services that is out there engaged with the crypto and that is by our uh, token or by our platform putting everything in one place well that frustration came not because the banks don't like crypto or crypto don't like banks frustration came from the regulation that the crypto don't apply for the regulation and the banks they want regulation i think the bank's excuse is regulation otherwise it's all different story
1: so if I was a Barclays Bank, I would come to you and say, "I want to use your service." You wouldn't service.
2: come to me. I wouldn't
1: come to you. Yeah,
2: you have the money to do it. Okay. What I'm doing, but you are too slow to do it. As Barclays or any big boy, to spend one dollar, you need ten thousand signatures to spend that one dollar for anything.
1: Okay. Let's say I'm a new bank. I'm a new challenger bank. I don't have some of the bureaucracy Of the traditional banks Yeah So I would come to you And I would say I want to use your crypto You wouldn't
2: obsolete. come I wouldn't because come you Because you, you will be afraid That your bank Or your central bank Or your bank license Will be revoked If you touch a crypto it's
1: So you're saying The banks would not touch you <laughs> Yes Okay
2: Because they are afraid Of crypto basically But we're trying to show them That no You cannot be afraid Of a crypto Actually you can use it to your benefit.
1: So if you had one message to give to the banks for why they shouldn't be afraid of crypto, what would that message be?
2: Wake up. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go into the oh, bin okay. of confusion? You, okay. Have
0: we got any questions in it today? We reach in, What have we got? Is it for me, you,
1: or is it for our guest? I think yeah. it's for our special guest because is there any specific crypto product that you think is stronger than the others?
2: Well, the strong one didn't come out yet and the Bitcoin is going to be stabilized when the institutions get into it. And that is now everybody starting to getting into Bitcoin. So maybe next year will be more stabilized when the price picks up a little more. And now the price is down. That's why everybody is jumping into it. Institutions, I'm saying. But crypto, which is best or which is good, we, not yet because they are all guinea pigs testing now so i cannot say that this is the best or not time will prove
1: different i'm going to reach in for another question and you can ask the next one all right what is head doing differently to other icos uh that means that investors should have trust in your offering well
2: usually icos start an idea and start raising money through months or year to make the maximum possible income and then if they are happy with the money they create the project. What we started is we created the project already on a personal expenses and we started with the project long before the ICO. So the project is almost 70-80% done waiting for a couple of uh, banking bureaucracy between uh, our bank partner. And the processors then afterwards we're gonna be full 100% product out because crypto side is easy it's already there why is it different because we're trying to fill the gap between the banks and the cryptos so most of the cryptos or ICOs they can use us to bank with us bank meaning exchange their fiat exchange their cryptos into normal transaction
0: how much has been invested in the business already in ballpark. Wow, that's
2: ah, that's his investor going.
0: <laughs> Don't, going tell the numbers. Don't give out the numbers. <laughs> Don't give up the.
2: No, it's roughly around little short of a million. So that's
0: real money that's gone into this. Sort of well,
2: that. you tell me how much it costs three years of preparing a platform for a banking platform.
0: Exactly, that's a it's a big job. There's clearly one in here for you, Suresh. Banks are starting to make noises about crypto, looking at use cases. Is this a good thing? Should banks get into crypto?
1: I think the one interesting example there is the fact that Amazon have launched their almost their their own blockchain platform. Basically, saying you know they had Amazon Web Services, they had they've got the the delivery system, and they've looked at all of their assets and said, how can we Kind of offer this as a service amazon has have, have almost thrown their, their their hat in the ring to say why don't you use our blockchain technology and i think it's probably one of the strongest endorsements in the space where people are saying we've got the technology why don't you utilize it for things like smart contracts and all of these things i think the fact that amazon is moving into that space gives it massive credibility i think the banks have been experimental in in how they would use i wouldn't necessarily say crypto but they they're really behind blockchain and they've been doing some amazing user experiences for things like, you know, remittance payments and, and things along those lines.
0: If you look at it, I mean, they've mainly been using the blockchain, as you say, the, the, the Ripple solutions is, is a messaging solution. It's not a transfer of value solution. I think the, yeah,
2: but as is Swift. Is a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a messaging system like Swift yeah, Ripple. Yeah. So it's it makes sense but that the they would use that. The confusion is between the blockchain and the crypto. Yeah. Uh, people using the same word in different places and it has totally different... Uh, well, we had that concept.
0: crazy thing, didn't we, where people started investing in Ripple thinking it was a currency. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. price of Ripple went up stupidly, even though like 90% yes. of Ripple is still owned by Ripple because it's not there as a currency. Yes, but sir. the price went up for no reason. Well, just because people thought.
1: banks that are using crypto? I
0: using crypto?
1: Yeah,
0: none. It will be
2: head-paid first.
0: Head pain will be the first. You heard that first on the uh, FinTech
2: Unplugged podcast. Today I read in the news that they are selling coffee beans on a blockchain. So imagine if a coffee bean is being done on the blockchain to see the source of the coffee and who's drinking it Mm. in the end. uh, I think the banks will be happy to see the source of the money and who's spending it in the end.
1: So I guess what's going to be interesting is the traditional banks will be looking at you almost see how you experiment and they'll see you as a test bed so if you're a success which i know you will be it's something that will endorse them
2: honestly my success towards (laughs) the side of the banking side is depending on our partners because they are the regulatory or that phase of it on the crypto side it's easy it's just uh, programming preparing platform easy meaning like there is no hard regulation on it and this is where the challenge comes in. When the product is finished, how to keep the banks happy? I think they will be because they will see that this is their own product.
0: Thank you, Vikram. We uh, we really appreciate that, don't we? The man on the street.
3: It could be a woman.
4: Uh, I'm Mr. Bucks. I'm the security guard here. You, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you know about Bitcoin? What's um? I mean, I know he's been banned from kind. Of so many countries and it doesn't make sense you know this, uh, because you can't handle' it's not it's not physical basically <laughs> you're touching there and there you're making payments you know it's like um, it's like bit like uh, virtual money, you know, but you can't see you can't handle you can see it, but it's like uh, it's like in the air, isn't it <laughs> Some people say it's a bit dodgy here you huh. Know? it could come about a time like because we are into internet you know and all that you it will be possible to use this bitcoin as a money source instead of having cash so do you can you foresee a time when you might
0: be paid in bitcoin
4: yes i can see it uh, well in the near future yes, yes yeah. very soon <laughs> Uh, can I ask your name, sir?
2: Of
1: course. My name is
4: Raj. Okay. Do you, do you work here in London? Uh,
2: yes, I do. I own a business with my cousin. Uh, we uh, have a computer repair store.
0: Are you
4: familiar with cryptocurrencies?
2: I have an understanding of cryptocurrencies, okay. but uh, in terms of I don't really...
1: I have never bought it, but I know about it, yes. Do you know anybody that's uh, bought yes, and sold actually, them? Actually, I can tell you that um, my fam- one of my family members, he's a ex
2: um trader, mm-hmm. and he's decided to do his, he's uh, trying, he's in the process of uh, launching his own cryptocurrency, yeah.
0: Really? For what, what purpose?
2: To make money. <laughs> <laughs> I can only say that much. You know.
0: Oh, is he doing an ICO, uh, yeah. an your coin offering?
2: I, I, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. And will you be investing? When I see that there's money, uh, if there's money being made, then absolutely, why not? How do you know that you can trust his his Bitcoin, well, oh, I can country. trust him. He's my cousin. He can't <laughs> go very far, can he? <laughs> I'll go knocking on his door. The man on
0: the street.
3: It could be a woman.
0: So, so, Suresh, how, 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 what did you think of that? I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I mean, I, I I've loved this whole area of ICOs, cryptocurrencies, blockchain for for a long time now. But what what do you do, think, do you think this is to, the future? When it comes
1: to crypto, there's also the marketing side. There's all that that big. You know, branding push behind ICOs. We should get someone to talk to us about ICOs. Yeah, because
0: that stuff is like crazy. Have you have you seen on the on the on the like the Telegram and those those sort of sites and that? There, you know, there's well, quite a lot on going stage.
1: on. Seen you on stage at Fashion TV. You know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. 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 You were there too. You okay. were there too. We, we were both over there. And that Laura, she was out in Serbia with us in Belgrade, wasn't
1: she? Does she Laura do is?
0: something? I'm sh- something to do with. Was it fashion, or was it to do with ICOs? Hey, Laura!
3: Oh, hey guys, how are you doing?
0: What brings you into in to the middle of the
1: gherkin?
3: Well, I really missed you guys, so I decided to pop by as I'm here and to say hi.
1: When did we see you last? It was Serbia, right?
3: Yes, it was at conference, Excedium. It was such a great event.
0: That's right, with Pavle. And what what were you talking about there?
3: Well, I was actually talking about ICOs yeah? and how do crypto companies fundraise money. Because I help them with marketing and PR. So, what
1: chance so let's is that? Have, let's have an open conversation about ICOs. There's nothing being recorded. There is nothing. L- yeah, for you to honestly, worry about.
0: don't don't worry. That that's not a microphone. That is just my toupee. So, Suresh, what what was it that you really wanted to know about ICOs?
1: Laura, tell us in a nutshell: what's an ICO and what the, what the heck is that all about?
3: So, ICOs or initial coin offering. Uh, basically, stands for alternative way how companies fundraise money. As you know, a few years ago, a lot of startups were fundraising through VCs, through equity investment. Mm-hmm. But then, all of those young founders, all those entrepreneurs, they didn't want to lose the power when yeah. they're giving it away by giving equity. They decided to release t- tokens, which basically are an utility which you can use for some sorts of, uh, I don't know, some sort of work so are time. they a
0: scam? Are they, uh, we, 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 Suresh and I talked to this before because Suresh was going to raise, uh, issue the Suresh token, I seem to remember.
1: Yeah, I thought we can have a boiler room somewhere in uh, pump Europe and dump, and we can just set up an ICO so, and.
0: So how many of these are pump and dumps, and how many are real?
3: ICOs started around three years ago. So first, one of them were actually scams. A lot of them just ran away for money, or they just faked their finances. But as the years pass by, now we have a lot of regulation. So most of the SEOs, which are happening right now, or STO security tokens, they're actually fully regulated fundraising campaigns where you can't really scam anyone and run away with money unless you're going to some country without extra detail.
0: What is this whole new era of security tokens and, and where is this regulation coming from?
3: As the first ICOs weren't really regulated, I remember one of the first companies I worked with who fundraised money. They only had a website, a wallet, and a white paper. They didn't even have the company registered at that time. Afterwards, after fundraising the money, they kind of sorted all out. But it was a wild, wild west. And of course, as a lot of scams happened, the industry and the people, the investors, weren't that happy. Of course, the government also interfered. And that's why... And new where fundraising and STO kind of was brought to the light. Malta, Switzerland, they're the kind of the first ones in this industry, which are going towards the better regulation of such fundraising campaigns. But I think it's still a long way. What, to go. What,
0: what about your home country? What, what's going on in Lithuania? Because I, I heard something about some licenses being granted. What, what's that about?
3: So I'm from Lithuania, and Lithuania was always known on trying to become a thin tech place of Europe. For a lot of foreigner countries, it's easier to get an e-money license to establish their companies. And now our government established a sort of like a sandbox for different uh, ICOs to kind of be raised there. We had one bidigree who raised, if I'm not mistaken, around 6-10 million, mm-hmm. more or less. So they were fully compliant with Lithuanian law. They were a utility token. And um, What
0: view have you got on things like the security behind the storage of these tokens? Because there's been a lot of talk about so many um, custodians and so many exchanges being hacked and losing a lot of coins. Uh, Is that a real risk, do you think, for the industry?
3: Well, remember what happened with Kraken, one of the biggest exchanges in the industry. Basically, it got hacked and most of the bitcoins were stolen. Anything can happen anytime. And unless you're storing your wallet into the actual physical hard like drive... Cold storage. Yeah, cold storage. You can never be sure.
0: But at some point, you have to put that cold storage into a PC. That point, presumably, it's open to being hacked. Okay, say. so what about the bin of confusion, Suresh? Can you dive in?
1: I, I will, but I've got, I've got one question. So, so, Laura, the question I have is, am I wasting my time talking to VC funds? Should I just be... You know, launching my own ICO for my new company that I'm launching. Is that what I should be doing? Am I wasting my time talking to VCs?
3: So, let me tell you a bit more about how ICO fundraising worked. Let's say two and a half, three years ago, you would need to have only like a website, a white paper, and then focus on the crowdfunding. So, so the three
0: W's originally website, white paper, yes, and wallet.
3: Exactly. And then you could just fundraise the money from the community. It was usually crypto guys who bought Bitcoins at the very low price. So they were the first investors. The companies could have raised 30, 50, 60 million easily, just basically issuing tokens. But as it was such a get-rich-quick thing, of course, a lot of companies came on board. And now the market is really saturated and... These days, you wouldn't be really able to fundraise the way it worked before. Now, a lot of companies are doing their regular fundraising through VC funds, through high worth individuals, some institutional funds as well. Because what happened two years ago, and some of the first VCs came on board, they already made 10x, 20x, some of them even made 100x, the peers noticed that and they had a fear of missing out. And now they're the ones who are actually trying to make a buck as the friends did, so I would say if you would like to do an ICO these days, yes, you need to have the white paper. The white paper is sort of like a marketing version of the business plan, and then go through conferences, through your friends, through some events, and focus more on the private sale rather than the crowdfunding campaign.
1: And what's the most successful examples you can give us in the ICO world? Like, you know, what have what has been the flagship races?
3: Well, for example, could talk about a few Lithuanian companies, like Manitha, who raised 30 million in 18 minutes.
0: Wow. Were you involved in that one?
3: Unfortunately, I wasn't, but I'm super happy and proud about the Lithuanians who did that. I think their founder is now Forbes 30, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Wow, that's cool. And did that, was that a scam or was that real?
3: No, that was real. And they actually launched, I think, the platform relatively soon. So there were some ICOs who actually delivered the product, but there are a lot of ones, like, for example, First Blood, one of the first ICOs, who just disappeared. Also had a fortunate situation working with Savedroys. They're a German company who raised uh, around $60 million. When you're basically fundraising money through tokens or through, like, crypto, you can't really be sure how much you're going to raise in terms of dollars or pounds because the uh, price of the cryptos are really fluctuating so we'll always see approximate that amount of money mm. anyway so they raised 60 million what they did they did a really good marketing like sort of pr stunt they pretended that they're running away with the money mm-hmm. all the top media outlets covered it and they did really good PR for them of course they they didn't actually run away they just kind of wanted to highlight the problems in the industry that you can raise 6 million and you can easily just run away somewhere with all the money and there are no regulations who will stop you. Now it's getting better with uh, security tokens, but at that time there's basically you're investing in a promise.
0: We've seen a few um, prosecutions now in the US of some of the earlier ICOs. Yeah. Do you think more of that will take place and do you think that's going to damage the industry?
3: I would say problem is they fundraise money not from the credit investors, the investors who are educated in what they're doing with their money, they raise all their capital from people who maybe gave all, all of their savings for that because they believed in that idea. So I would say the problem is not educating those investors and fundraising from retail, which mm-hmm. will end up in maybe legal lawsuits or similar prosecutions.
0: So- do you want to have a look at the bin of confusion? Let's 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 take a little look in this new area of uh, security tokens, where where we're seeing actual assets backing the tokens. Are there any interesting things that you've seen that you can share with our listeners?
3: I would say security tokens are still at such early stage that most probably the legal Compliance, everything around them will change two or three times until it's gonna be established. And what is the biggest challenge I see right now? Well, working with uh, security tokens, you can't never be sure if what you're doing is actually hundred percent legal because there are no legal grounds surrounding it. You're kind of taking a wild guess, hoping that what we're doing, especially in terms of marketing communication, is the best way. And then when we'll have some kind of new regulation law, then we'll have to just kind of adapt. So
0: even if you've gone to Zug in Switzerland to get your license or you've gone to Malta or you've gone to Gibraltar and they've listed it on their exchange, you're saying there's no guarantee that in the US they'll accept that that's a yep. real model. Okay. It's still a bit Wild westy then.
1: Robert, I've got an idea. Yeah? I think we should launch our own ICO. We call it the FU coin.
0: FU? Yeah. Fintech unplugged.
1: Yes. What were you thinking?
0: I I, I was thinking uh, FU, yeah. Suresh. Yes. I just think the three-letter acronym for the FU coin is not going to go down well in the industry.
3: There was actually an F coin in the industry. Yeah? It was very popular, yeah. There are a lot of like fake coins who are more like a mock for the actual industry. There was a Jesus coin, Dodger coin. There were... Dodgy coin? Dodger coin, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, there a Shite I was <laughs> coin. <it. laughs> That's our mate, isn't it?
0: Peter Oakes? Yes. He has got shitecoin.com the website <laughs> <laughs> Anyway thank you very much uh, Laura uh, I name Dinova uh, You
3: just can't pronounce my name
0: How do you pronounce it
3: Inna Medinova <laughs> see?
0: See, see In Inna Medinova Okay no. In a Medinova
1: No I he, name Dinova so people can tell That's what you always say Suresh We're Ceres. recording in the morning
0: <laughs> we, this is early morning start for us
3: we needed we need to have some vodka before that would be better
0: vodka is always good but thank you very much thank, thank you. you
3: listeners should be aware that FinTech Unplugged is not licensed to provide financial advice any investment decisions made on the basis of comments contained in this podcast may result in serious medical symptoms including extreme flatulence, explosion of the intestines drooling earwax syndrome, rupturing of the spleen inappropriate hair growth, baldness or agonising death if any of these symptoms arise please don't call us as we don't care thank you